and welcome to this podcast presented from the Trauma Center Association of America, also known as TCAA. I'm Laura Gamino and serve as the chair of TCAA's Injury Prevention Committee. I am the injury preventionist from the University of Oklahoma Adult and Pediatric Trauma, Center, Trauma One Centers. Today, we will hear from an outstanding injury prevention, or as we call them, IP professional from across the country. COVID-19 has affected us all in our work. Our IP programs are usually presented face-to-face in a classroom setting or at health fairs or one-on-one with car seat installations and so on. We have now been challenged as we continue this life-saving work using different platforms and really thinking outside of the box. Our guest will be sharing how she has pivoted her IP programs to creatively continue to deliver her messages during these challenges. And here's Diana Starris, and she will introduce herself. Go ahead, Diana. Great. Thank you so much, Laura. Thanks. My name, as Laura said, my name is Diana Starris. I'm the Injury Prevention Coordinator at Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital in New Brunswick, New Jersey, right in the middle of the state. We are a level one adult trauma center and a level two pediatric center. And I also coordinate Safe Kids Middlesex County as part of the Safe Kids Worldwide organization. That is a lot of jobs. So you are busy. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I certainly to is. You, you had mentioned that with COVID nineteen, one of the things that your program is doing was have making making and sharing webinars for parents and caregivers on how to cope with COVID. And I was wondering how did first of all, how did you find out that this was a need in your community? Um, just, honestly, in watching people's social media posts, you could just tell that parents were really concerned about how COVID was affecting their children, but did not know how to deal with it themselves. So talking to their kids really wasn't happening. Um, And we have a very close partnership with Wellspring Center for Prevention, and they are the substance abuse prevention organization in Middlesex County, our catchment area. And we partner with them all the time. So we we were talking with them and said, hey, how about if we we do a, a webinar on helping parents be able to talk to their kids about COVID. That sounds wonderful. How did you advertise it? Um, Social media, constant contact. We reached out to all of our community partners and asked them to share. Um, Really, that was the main way we did that. And then internally throughout the hospital and our system, we used our um, newsletter for our employees to let them know that this was going on also so that they could join us. Oh, that sounds really great. What content did you cover with these webinars? Um, We brought in some experts in the field. We had NAMI involved. Um, They talked about the resources that were available out in the community. We had a school counselor who runs a program for adolescents uh, as a speaker to talk, talk to 
parents about how you can talk to your teenagers. We had a pediatrician who talked um, really more toward that younger age group and helping parents to understand what it is their child needed to know and to really decipher what their child was asking for so that they gave them the appropriate information for their age. Um, and uh, also brought in a speaker from um, Wellspring to talk about the mental health aspect. Wow. It sounds like you really covered all age groups and really had a strong emphasis on, on mental health, which is really wonderful. Do you have any idea how many attended the webinar? How many heard it? Oh, yeah. We had, at one point, there were 78 people on, and um, we lost a few here and there along the way. Some more joined us a little bit later, but I'd say 75 people actually joined us. And if we looked at where they were coming from, they were not just all local. We had a couple of people from New York. We had somebody from Pennsylvania and then all over New Jersey. Oh, that is great. On this presentation, were the participants able to ask questions? Yes, we um, we encouraged them to put questions into the chat as the presenters were speaking so that we could address them as they were happening. But then at the end, we were able to let people who wanted to unmute themselves and ask a question directly to one of the presenters. That sounds great. Are you planning any more of them? Well, we, I don't know that we're going to do this exact topic again, but we are definitely working with Wellspring to put out a, another um, topic uh, presentation, panel presentation, I should say, in January. Oh, good. Yeah, that sounds great. If, you, if I asked you what, if you had any lessons learned, does anything come to mind or how you're going to change it for January? I or? guess what I would, I, I, well, I guess what I would say is that being virtual really allows you to reach way further than you ever could being a person. Um, the fact that we had so many people online um, at the same time from all over the place, that obviously would not have happened if we were having an on-site presentation somewhere. Right. And I just think that people, um, as long as they you know, you can get them the information and they know that it's happening. I really think that people are much more likely to sit down in front of their computer than to get in their car. I so it, I think yeah. it, it works, you know, with these kinds of things. I think there's instances where right. that does not work, but I, I think with something like this that, you know, people were able to be engaged and they didn't have to leave the comfort of their home and find a babysitter and all of that. Right. That, um, one of the positives of the situation yes. that we're in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, another thing I wanted to ask you about was child passenger safety, which is always one of the backbones of our injury prevention programs. And you're now doing these the child the car seat checks virtually with newborns and you use FaceTime. I was wondering I had yeah, so we don't, out of our hospital, we don't run an inspection station. Um, okay. We do community events. So obviously community events are not happening. But one of the things that we do is we are part of the um, preparing and caring for baby uh, seminars that our community uh, education department provides. And 
for the last, I don't even know how many years, we have, this happens once a month for, for expectant parents. So we had that last two hours and we would talk about home safety and child passenger safety. So now those parents are getting referred over or those expectant parents are getting referred over to us through our community education department. So um, the parents I've, I've been doing this for really are either expectant parents or parents of newborns. And so they're a little bit of a different population in that they're new to parenting and they are very, most of them are very conscientious and read every word in the instruction manual. So I have to say that utilizing FaceTime, working with this population has been relatively easy um, because they are so on top of it. It's not like going to a community event at a, you know, a target parking lot and pulling people over and saying, Hey, let me check your car seat. So it, it, it works much, much easier, I think, because the parents are much more in tune and much more willing to engage with you. So FaceTime works though. Um, they've always taught us as, you know, child passenger safety technicians that, you should be able to teach somebody how to put a car seat in without ever touching it. And I didn't believe that until we started this. Um, The first few times was a little odd and it was a little bit difficult just in trying, in my part, just trying to remember how to speak in layman's terms so that the parent would understand what I was talking about. But after a couple of times, I thought, wow, you know what? I, I haven't touched that car seat and that parent was able to install it and I was able to instruct them on how they should be using it and they left that 30 minutes later feeling very confident in themselves and that's what we always hope for so it does work. I have found that also another upswing to this has really helped us not you know do it for the parents but rather teach them and I think they're much more empowered than before. So I agree. Does your hospital give a car seat to, to all the new parents for the newborn? No, 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 okay. no. I was just wondering. We, um, we have a limited amount of car seats, and um, if we have a family who does not have, uh, you know, new parents who don't have a car seat or have a car seat that is expired or is missing pieces or that kind of a thing and they cannot afford to go get one, um, then we will make sure that they get a car seat along with the education that goes with it. Okay. Okay. So those are based on need. And do you ever need an interpreter? Do you use Google Translate or, or Marty or? Uh, We have a, yeah, no, um, a couple of things. One, I have a um, English Spanish child passenger safety flip book that I purchased from one of our vendors that has amazing visuals in it and minimal text. Um, And it is in English and Spanish, but honestly, we have a lot of parents who uh, don't read or write any language. So um, it becomes a challenge, but I have to say that this flipbook really helps with the parent just being able to see what it's supposed to look like. We also um, have several videos on the in the room monitors, you know, the, uh, I forget what ours is called, the, whatever the learning platform is there. Uh, but at any rate, we have four different videos that are available in English and Spanish. So they are assigned to the bed so that the parent can watch those in whatever language they feel more comfortable with. Um, and we do have an interpreter line at the hospital. Um, 
I've been fortunate to be able to have one of our medical interpreters in the hospital help me when I have needed that assistance. So I, I haven't needed to use the interpreter line, but certainly we have that available to us. I would love to find a flip book like what you're describing. I think it would just come in so handy. Shoot me an email. I will share it with you. Okay. I don't know how appropriate it is to talk about the vendor name here, but um, <laughs> but I will definitely share it with you. It's one you're familiar with, I'm sure. Okay. Well, the flip book sounds really wonderful. Another thing I was want, wanting to know, though, when you do the documentation for these car seat checks and so on, do you use the Safe Kids form, or does your hospital have another method or your own form? No, we or? use the Safe Kids forms. No, okay. we use the Safe Kids forms. Yeah. Okay. That's the one that we've been using all along, um, and so it, it, you know, we're all familiar with it. So. Okay. Okay. Great. I say we. I've got three other technicians in the entire hospital, so it's just a few of us. But. Uh huh. Okay. Um. Another thing, I know that I would love for you to talk a little bit about the New Jersey Trauma Center Coalition because I just think it sounds like a very organized network that, you know, really is a help to everyone. And I know you use it for things like Trauma Awareness Month and also like this week, you know, the National Fall Prevention Week and just all these state and national campaigns. Could you tell us a little bit about that, please? Sure. Um, so the New Jersey Trauma Center Council has been in existence, for, I'm going to say probably close to 25 years and uh, started by three trauma surgeons at our level one trauma centers in New Jersey. And we have nine trauma centers in New Jersey, um, three of which are, are level one, and the others are level two. So, um, like I said, this started a long time ago, and it was really um, an opportunity on a quarterly basis for the trauma centers all to come together and to talk about what's going on individually, but also talk about what's going on in the state and advocating for uh, lots of different things along those that 25 years. Um, when I became the injury prevention coordinator, which was probably about 16 or 17 years ago, um, the injury at that point, the injury prevention coordinators would meet uh, as part of the trauma center council meetings, and we still do. And we've done several projects along the way. We actually, the videos that I referenced, the child passenger safety videos, were actually produced as a um, or by the New Jersey Trauma Center Council Injury Prevention Group. Um, and uh, so those are still. I mean, we still use. That was ten years ago that we actually made those, but we still use them because we didn't reference a year and we were talking about best practice. So best practice really hasn't changed. You know, keep your child rear facing as long as possible. Don't switch them to the next seat till they outgrow it. And those were all things that we talked about. So we still use those videos today. And um, that was probably the first project that we did together. And um, we've done several others, but most recently um, in this virtual world, we've been using social media um, and constant contact because some of our hospitals don't have their own social media coming out of the trauma center. It's a hospital-based right. social right. media. So so we use both. And we most recently, um, just this week actually, we're putting out social media posts that are, we all came, we came up with social media posts that we could post once a day. And then um, 
we're all posting them either on our personal social media or our professional and also utilizing the hospital social media to get the word out too so that we're putting out a consistent message. Uh, we addressed falls in the workplace. We addressed falls in, in the hospital. We addressed falls at home. We addressed falls for seniors. And um, we've been putting out consistent messages. We also use the same uh, tactic, if you will, back um, in May for Trauma Awareness Month, where we came up with posts to be put out once a week um, with graphics and, and links to go with them. And then we all were posting those on the same day, approximately the same time every day. So um, those are the two most recent uh, campaigns that we have used social media to help raise awareness in the community. That collaboration is just really something that, I mean, it just sounds wonderful. I would just love it we had something like it's that. It's interesting because we've had people say, you know, there really aren't very many states out there that do this. I mean, I don't know if there are other states that really collaborate like that. Um, but we're a small state. Um, and yes, you know, because of traffic, it could take you three hours to get from one end to the other. But if you think about us being able to communicate and coordinate efforts, um, you know, oftentimes we're seeing some of the same patients in our hospital just because we are so close to each other. So mm -hmm. I think it's really uh, an advantage for us to be able to not only meet quarterly, but we communicate outside of that quarterly meeting too to say, hey, what's going on there and how can we address this? And um, our hospitals in New Jersey, um, nine, the nine of us have just received grants to start hospital violence intervention programs. Um, oh, wow. through the federal government. And so we're all working together on that. We're all in different places, depending upon geographic location and, and what we're seeing in our trauma centers when, with regard to community violence, but we all are addressing community violence now. So we're going to be able to have a New Jersey cohort that will help to you know, further not only research, but hopefully change the environment in New Jersey. <laughs> so right. it's, well, it, it is very exciting to have that connection and to be able to know that there are other, for me, other injury prevention coordinators that I can reach out to it in a, you know, a drop of the hat and say, hey, you know, do you have this? You want to share? Sure. You know, so uh -huh. it, it really does work out very well. And really be a, a true partner and resource to each other. That sounds like yes. the, the ideal situation. I wish I wish that that was true for every state. That, and maybe that's something that we can work to toward in our committee. So it's definitely an interesting model, no no mm -hmm. doubt. And when you know when we have these trauma council meetings, each of the different um positions. So the the directors all get together, the social workers get together, the PI people get together, the registrars get together for the first part of that meeting and discuss everything that's going on. And then we all come together to report out. So it, you know, not only does it keep you informed of what's happening in the injury prevention world, but you also see what's going on with the other facets of the trauma system. Mm -hmm. that's, that's really wonderful. It's just the more you talk about it, the more <laughs> I wish I was part of it. We're part of one here. Come so, move to New Jersey, Laura. Oh, well, I, I want to bring that model to Oklahoma, <laughs> but we're the only okay. level one, and there's one level two, so it's it's a small partnership. But, and we do in the know, whole state. Together. Yes. Wow. Yes. Exactly. So I always tell people that we're you're. <laughs> 
I know this sounds crazy, but if you get injured in New Jersey, it's okay because there is a trauma center within, you know, a 30-minute ride from you. I believe you, you know, to have nine of them and three level ones. I mean, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's great. Okay, well. We are the most highly condensed state in the United States. However, so. Oh, really? Interesting. We ha- well, we're in the top three. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, it's it's great that your people are taken care of in the, with trauma, so they're covered. So thank right. you so much for taking time to talk to us and share about your program, and we look forward to visiting in the future. Great. Thank you so much, Laura. I really appreciate it. We'll talk soon. You're welcome.